My guest today is Justin McElroy, here to talk about his review of Costume Quest 2. I'm Griffin McElroy, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Thank you for joining us once again for another episode of Quality Control. I am Griffin McElroy here today standing in for Justin McElroy. I'm standing in for Justin McElroy because we're talking to Justin McElroy. Hello, Justin McElroy. I join you today in my capacity as Justin McElroy reviewer. <laughs> How exciting this was to be for you. Uh, it, um, it's, it's like watching your baby take his first steps. And for the listener, what, yeah. an, what an exciting day all around. We're here to talk about Costume Quest 2. Uh, another exciting experience for everyone to behold. Um, let's just kick things off with what's the score? I have no is, idea. Is that? Oh, we don't know the, the score. Review's yet. not live yet, and I don't get to pick the score, so I don't know what the score is. What do you? What does your gut tell you? I the there is. We'll, we'll use we'll use a different spectrum. Make a face, and I will base like sort of the the hospital pain scale, and let me see it. Okay. Oh gosh. Oh boy! Costume Quest too. Uh, um, I was making the face as I said it. Are you uh, are you are you familiar with the storied Costume Quest franchise? Did you play the the first installment in the series? I actually, uh, yeah, I actually reviewed it for uh, Joystick. Uh, oh yeah, an outlet that I used to be affiliated with professionally before um, before. You did that terrible thing before I did that terrible thing. I was running before out of you, town on a rail before you left in disgrace. Yeah, uh, I uh, I reviewed the first costume quest. Um, I thought it was charming uh, and kind of whimsical, but also uh, sort of dull, practically speaking. I, I I'm a big RPG fan. I I've never been able to to really penetrate the the folds of the original costume quest because uh it, mechanically it just it just didn't really it's very flat. It is didn't very, really very do flat. it for me. Um, but you talk about in your review of Costume Quest Two about how they have um, layered on some uh, additional mechanics in in combat, some additional unlocks. Uh, mm-hmm. But we can get into uh, what you thought of the game. But would you would you say up front that it is um, broadly better than its its predecessor. I think mechanically, it's it's better than the first costume quest. I mean, you're you're there. There are certainly some new layers that help to keep it interesting for longer. I would say that I don't think that like the story and the 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 writing and the dialogue has the the level of uh, wit and charm that the first costume quest has. Now, keep in mind, this was four years ago that I played that, so. A lot of that's just based on my, what my review said and what I remember. But um, I think it's a little less funny, I think, than the first costume quest. But I think mechanically it's stronger. That's strange because you would think that would be a relatively easy thing to maintain. I mean, Double Fine has a, a team of very funny writers who uh, inject that same tone, I think, into most of their games. Not all of their games. Um, and so, so it's weird that it would it would uh, fall off a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I talk about this in the review, but it, it, it feels like rather than going for laughs, L-A-F-F-S, laughs. They, sure. No, I got it. Um, they're, they're shooting for something a little bit closer to like just sort of nice and pleasant and heartwarming and maybe a, a little bit whimsical 
um, but not really going for a lot of uh, gut busters, which is fine. I mean, it's certainly a valid uh, approach, um, but I, I don't think that uh, I, I don't think it really succeeded with me in terms of like being really funny. I just thought it was more sort of like nice and nostalgic and pleasant. Um, and seeing as the game is, the, I think the weirdest thing about Costume Quest, and this is a, the thing about the first one, and, and I think it's still present here, is that it seems to be made for two audiences. Like, it seems to simultaneously be trying to appeal to adults and children. Um, sure. It's not a kid's game in the sense that, like, I think the, the, the active time battles in a turn-based RPG setting uh, is not the kind of thing that a, a little, little kid is going to be able to to really get. No, kids kids just want to chip away at, at cubes and voxels. And, That's all and kids like. That's all kids can even handle nowadays. Well, you know, it, it's it's a fair point, though. Like, I think that um, the, the one of the big problems mechanically here is the lack of um, creativity that it allows you to sort of, um, uh, you know, inject into combat but i'm kind of getting away from the 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 central question but i don't think i think that if you look at what uh is really popular in like kids entertainment right now a lot of it is like kind of gonzo stuff like you know even going back to like absurdist stuff like spongebob squarepants and more recently things like adventure time um, and which is which is sort of wh- like they're pretty out there. Which is why it's so surprising that this game doesn't nail it. Because I, I think if there has ever been a video game representation of that stuff that was not just like a licensed SpongeBob SquarePants game, it was Psychonauts. Mm-hmm. Like that that game was. I feel like that that same aesthetic of bizarre, funny, um, really kind of weirdly relatable comedy. Um, so it's it's weird that that Costume Quest Two doesn't doesn't stick that landing. It's hampered in part, I think, by the lack of any voiceover um, that it, it makes it feel weirdly sort of um, lifeless. I think that would have injected a lot of of into it, uh, a lot of character into the game. Hmm. Um, you also mentioned in the review that that for all of the new layers that they've added onto the mechanics of the game, um, the, the RPG systems are still relatively simplistic. Um, which I, I'm assuming is to make it relatable to that younger audience. Um, do, you, do you think it's still... I mean, I, I think that there have been some really, truly great RPGs made that don't rely on, you know, collecting synth crystals and uh, upgrading your your synth sphere to, like, you know, do, do all of this arcane and impenetrable stuff. Uh, for me, a 27-year-old man, let alone a, 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 a tween... Um, but, but games like the Super Mario RPG series, I think, really nails it well. Is it, is it possible to make a, a satisfying RPG without relying on, like, those hyper-complex systems? Yeah, I think I think what it loses, and where the middle ground is, is sort of providing a little room for experimentation. Um, the thing about Costume Quest 2 is, so you've got, okay, here are, here are the systems of Costume Quest 2. One, you got basic attack. Uh, which you can juice up by making a timed button press when the attack lands. There are there's blocks, so you see who the enemy is attacking, then make a timed button press to block. Uh, and there's counters, which is sort of weird because it's you have to start charging it before the enemy makes the attack and hope that you guess the right person 
that they're going to attack. And then if you release that at the right time, when the attack lands, then you'll counter. Uh, and there's also a special meter that fills up and you there's no timing there. You just use a special attack and that can be sometimes it's like a, a an attack that hits all the enemies. Sometimes it's a group heal. Sometimes it can revive one of your players. Um, and there are also these creepy treat cards that are sort of like single use boosts that you can use during combat, but you can only bring three into a fight with you. And once you use them, uh, it takes a few battles before they are re-energized. But like that is the entirety of the costume quest combat. And even things like, um, uh, like counters aren't layered on until later in the game. Um, so, the the only other like the uh, wrinkle is that there are three types of attacks there's monster tech and magic and um each of your characters well i i say characters but really you're you're bringing costumes into a sure. fight you have three characters that can wear one of I, I don't know maybe 10 costumes uh and each costume has its own strength and weakness to one of those three types so basically it's a matter of make sure you have one of each of those three types in your, uh, you know, in your team, and once you have that sorted, it's sort of like that's the end of having to worry about that. So uh, there are additional layers from Costume Quest, which is pretty much just those time button presses and then a special attack every third time. Um, but uh, once you sort of get them, there's not a lot of room to play around. It, it, it's sort of like, well, I understand what I'm supposed to do here. Um, there's very rarely a reason to, like, wait to use your special attack because, you know, you might as well use it so it can start refilling again. Sure. Um, how I, I hate reducing a, a conversation about a game to this, but I think it's appropriate here. How 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 long did it take you to finish Costume Quest Two? Is this a is this a relatively bite sized experience as an RPG? Yeah, about six hours, I would say. Um, oh yeah, that's and and it, it's six hours, and this is like sort of the, my biggest issue is that the the combat stuff I think could be uh, passable. Um, if it, the structure surrounding it was a little better, but like way too often in Costume Quest Two, your mission, quote unquote mission, is to go door to door in a neighborhood and basically trick or treat, which is either you're collecting an, an item that you need for the the quest that you're on, or there's a bad guy behind the door that you need to kill. And like we're talking about, you know, twelve or fifteen houses in a section um in in per, and and it's just really go to the next house knock on the door maybe there's a fight maybe you get the item go to the next house knock on the door in one section there were three candy speakeasies that i progressed between and to unlock each one i had to go into the neighborhood above and knock on like eight different doors and have the this sequence of fights and it's like it leans on that a lot and that feels like really padded for a six hour sure um experience and again i'm i'm with you i don't like to reduce games to how long they took me to finish but like when you well it's an, when it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation for for rpgs i i think it's if there was one genre where it was most vital to discuss you're talking about rpgs because like i don't necessarily want to sign on to a 120 hour long experience but but the idea of condensing an rpg i think child of light actually did it fairly well earlier this year to an experience that is not like a time sink is and, and something that really values your time 
by reducing the amount of playtime required from you is interesting, but it sounds like this reduced the playtime and actually reduced the number of things that there are to do. Yeah. You also mentioned in the review that the requirement to fill your team's health meter after every fight, which means a hike to a nearby water fountain, adds even more dull padding, and that sounds like hell to me. That sounds yeah. horrible. Yeah, that's like, that is pretty rough. Um, I don't know why health doesn't just refill after each fight, but they're like, in each you know area, there are one or two water fountains that refill your health. So like, Pretty much after any fight, you need to go refill your health from the water fountain. Just like, like, just carry around some Dasani. Yeah, that's, just have a bottle of Dasani on your person. Fill up a canteen for crying out loud. Fill up a canteen or an empty Dasani bottle. That'll work too. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine uh, for yeah, me. It's, it's very, it's very, it, I don't like to get cynical and I don't like to guess the intention of a game designer. I have to kind of take it at face value, whatever they put out there but it feels to me like eh, we could maybe add another half hour if we included the necessity to walk to a health fountain and refill your health every time um and a lot of times it's just irritating because you may not know where the fountain is in a given level so like you're just sort of running around hoping to avoid fights while you look for the water fountain and like i don't know it that wasn't particularly fun to me but i guess it's you know I don't really understand the choice. It sounds to me like there are uh, quite a few progression hooks, or, or I guess I should say collection hooks in the game in, in the form of those uh, those cards and uh, the costumes and upgrades for those costumes. Does that does that make the experience a bit more palatable and a little bit more compelling? Um, so to, I'll take those questions separately. The first one, the, the costume pieces, like... Collecting costumes is really a, it's tied to the story. I mean, when you're in an area, you'll find three chests that have the pieces that you need to complete the mission objective. And then you, uh, uh, that, that's, and, and occasionally there's some puzzle solving. Like for example, uh, when you get the ghost costume, it lets you pass through lasers, that kind of thing. Um, all that stuff's pretty rote. It's pretty mechanical. Like there's not, much question of what you need to do at a given time um the treat cards i think might appeal to some people more but i'm of a sort that like i don't like to use i'm 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 like a, a, a notorious potion hoarder like sure. in, in final fantasy i don't want to use a potion because i don't know if i'll need it later and the creepy treat cards kind of had that that same vibe where like i wouldn't use my full heal because I didn't know if I would need it in like a boss fight later. And there aren't that many boss fights to go around, so probably I should have just used it. But I was hesitant to use those um, because I didn't want to mess it up. Like, I, I didn't want to burn it before I needed it. Um, and, and and the bigger problem is a lot of times you just don't need it. Um, you know, if you're following your button prompts and you have your, uh, uh, your attack types lined up, then you should... And, if, and you're visiting the water fountain between every fight, you should win pretty much every one so um there just wasn't a lot of need for those um what what do you think the i i think the rpg i think the rpg genre is maybe one of the hardest to uh iterate on and innovate inside um what is it is it just sort of the tone and aesthetic of the game because I, I know costume quest has a lot of of uh diehard fans because of how 
uh, quirky and, and irreverent it is. Um, aside from that, is it is it adding anything to this to this to, to RPGs um, in general? I think the idea of um, I think the inter- uh, the the most interesting idea that Costume Quest has is the, the idea of separating fights uh, from characters, like separating combat from characters. Um, I'm not sure if it's 100% effective, but I think it's an interesting choice to let you, let you develop relationships with much fewer characters while giving you more options in battle because you really only have uh, I think three or four it's it's two twin siblings, Ren and Reynolds and then they have a third member and that swaps out between four different people so like it and and but they still have, you know, 10 or 12 different options of costumes for you to play with when you're fighting. So rather than, you know, the need to throw in a bunch of extra characters to keep things fresh, they're just, uh, you know, they'll add a different costume. Um, and any of the three characters can wear, uh, one of the costumes. So separating that is kind of interesting. I think it does diminish the, uh, connection you have to each of the characters, not seeing them in a fight. Um, yeah. you know, because you aren't, because they could be any one of the three characters, you know, it's not really tied to that. Um, so I, I, I don't know if that's wholly successful, but it's it's an interesting take on on. I mean, RPGs. I mean, Final Fantasy X-2's dress sphere system. I know everybody played Final Fantasy X-2 and loved the dress sphere system as much as I did. Um, but I mean, it sounds kind of reminiscent, of that, but with Halloween costumes and shit. I will have to take your word for it. You didn't play Final Fantasy X-2? It's also, I mean, again, uh, it's pleasant. I think it, I think it would be a decent thing to try to play with your uh, kids. You know, it's really hard as a reviewer, like just being honest, it's really hard to try to, when I'm not 100% the intended audience for a game maybe, like I do yeah. have a kid, but she's likes to chew on blankets. Like she's not really at the gaming stage yet. Like it's hard to try to, walk that line between putting yourself in the shoes of somebody who is the target demo and sort of like imagining how they would feel about the game while still trying to give it the most honest uh, appraisal you 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 can so that's kind of tricky but i i think that as sort of like my first rpg it's a pretty good option it's not perfect but i think as as sort of like introducing the concepts of a role-playing game i think it's a decent pick well, and you also mentioned right at the top of your review that the, 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 one of the most fascinating things about it is that it is a holiday game, which is, like, not really a concept right. that exists in, in games. I mean, I, I don't know. I think people can definitely form their own bonds with, with games and tie them to, you know, certain times of the year. But to actually have, like, this is a Halloween game. This is based in Halloween, and it's short, and you can play it fairly quickly around Halloween. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's an interesting concept. I would get, I would get into that. I'm not sure that we have a, a, a equivalent to like. I always watch Christmas Story on Christmas. You know, yeah, what I mean? it's, I, it's it's weird. I I I'm not really sure why that is that we like TV and movies are huge on the on the holidays. And, oh, and music too. Like, yeah, there's sure. no there's no Vince Guaraldi trios, Charlie Brown Christmas of video games. Well, there's that, that that Quake Total Conversion mod. Where, there is that. Uh, with all the Peanuts characters, but other than that. 
I actually like Little Inferno in the winter months. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice. Oh, so that this is the podcast, and it's done now, I think. I think we soundly conversed for 20 minutes, and we did a great job, and we said a lot of erudite shit. And yeah, now for sure. The, and now the people know. So thank you for listening. Do, do you want to do this part? Can I well, step... Well, people can step, email uh, qualitycontrol at polygon.com. If you see a review go up and you got questions about it, we will probably be doing a uh, episode about it. So email qualitycontrol at, at uh, polygon.com. Or if you just want to uh, ask a question or say hi or give us feedback or whatever, uh, please search for us on iTunes and give us a rating or review if you've enjoyed the show or maybe a subscription. We really appreciate that. And uh, that's about it. I, I got to say, I've been really impressed with how uh, prolific you've been. You you really have been doing it for all the reviews. I'm just happy that you're, like, you know, sticking with something for once. Well, it's easy because I get to talk to great people like yourself, Griffin. Ah, oh, shit. Shit, indeed. Now you got you to gotta end it. Oh, uh, so, all right, guys. So, thanks for watching. Or, no, nope. it's not a show. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time here on Polygon's Quality Control. We're probably going to talk about... You should have just stopped there. Oh, wait. Polygon's Quality Control. That was great. But, okay. Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, We will see you again very soon with another thrilling installment of Polygon's Quality Control. You'll pay for the whole seat. But you're only (laughs) going to... Again, again. You're only going to need the... Just, just... Uh, Polygon's Quality Control is the last thing that you say on the show. You can do this. Okay. Thank you all very much for listening to another thrilling installment of Polygon's Quality Control. Up, 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 up. Mail.